Today on the show, we have a monster to tackle. It's time to talk about the Pokemon situation. There's a ton of conversation and controversy going on about the game, but within the discourse, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the inner workings of the Pokemon franchise. While I'm no Pokemon professor, I've done enough digging into Nintendo investor reports, Pokemon's origins, and the nature of the triumvirate of companies that make up the Pokemon company to have an elevated discussion on the topic. We're two nearly lifelong Pokemon fans, having played through every mainline game since Red and Blue released in 1996. While there are some new, interesting ideas present in Scarlet and Violet, the game's performance leaves a lot to be desired, crushing the review scores of the game. The games are now the lowest scoring games in the franchise, yet this launch has not only been Pokemon's most successful, but Nintendo's as a whole. Sales blew past 10 million copies in the first few days on the market. So what's the deal here? Is Game Freak lazy? Are they being forced to crunch? Let's have a discussion. My name is Michael Cottrell, and this is We the People, your favorite weekly Nintendo podcast. I'm joined today by my twin brother, Matthew. What it do, what it do. Normally, we cover all the latest Nintendo news, but in situations like this, we like to dive deep into the subject matter. So today, we dedicate (laughs) a whole episode to the real problem with Pokemon. I'm sorry I cut you I, off there, I, Matthew. No, I have to add here, uh, when you were posing all those questions, I I was so sure you were going to say, who's that Pokemon as one of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to work on injecting a little and more comedy was, in my intro. And who was that Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> it sure wasn't Lickitung. All right, so before we get into this, let's establish a bit of context, because everybody gets confused. Pokemon's ownership is divided in such a way that many people are confused about who's doing what in this multi-billion dollar empire. Pokemon, of course, started with Red and Blue, the, the video games. Game Freak developed the game. The development was grueling, and they needed to take breaks from Pokemon to develop other games to make money in the meantime. Obviously, Pokemon becomes a huge hit. 30 million plus copies are sold, and Pokemania was well on its way. After Pokemon Gold and Silver, so many opportunities for merchandising and licensing came about that a company was formed just to handle all this new business. Game Freak, Creatures Inc., and Nintendo went splitsies into a joint venture called the Pokemon Company. Now, why does this matter? All of a sudden, the Pokemon games carry more weight because they they create the locales, characters, etc. that are repurposed into movies, trading card games, and toys. Game Freak continued a trend where every three years they establish a new batch of Pokemon and characters, which kickstarts all other parts of the business. This worked out really well until Game Freak jumped into HD development. You might remember that Nintendo struggled to get their footing in the Wii U area, just, just like Game Freak. As the time and resources needed to create a game have ballooned, Game Freak has little to no experience here. So this was a difficult adjustment for them as well. So here we are with a big, busted Pokemon game. Who's to blame, and what can be done to resolve this? Now, before we dive too deep into the issues, uh, let it be known that uh, Matthew and I have been playing through the game, uh, and I just want, uh, I want to know, like, kind of, I don't know, what, what were you thinking going into this, Matthew? And how are you feeling about the game now? Yeah, so I mean, honestly, I my expectations for Pokemon games are always so incredibly low now. And I, I know that's that sounds mean or sad to say, but it's just the truth of the matter. I just think ever since uh they've they've transitioned to the uh making games for consoles rather than handhelds, 
Uh, they just have not delivered anything impressive. It doesn't mean they haven't made fun games. I actually really enjoyed Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, but I, I just think they've had a, a really tough time making games that feel like they belong on the systems they're played on. So going into Scarlet and Violet, I kind of was just expecting more of the same from seeing the trailers, from the the how what what frame rate the game appears to run at, the the graphics, all that stuff. It just was very underwhelming. But where I think Pokemon always delivers is that you're always going to get at least a mildly fun game. Sword and Shield, I think, was a pretty good game. You know, I, I didn't love it, but I thought it was fun. You know, I, I think there was a lot left to be desired, but it was a fun game. And so Long story short, I just felt like coming into this, I thought, hey, it's probably going to uh, not look great, but it's going to be fun enough. And, you know, I, I, I think the game is fun, you know, and, and I think it's it's met that expectation, but I'm always left feeling like there's so much to be desired with Pokemon. And even with this, I like that they've challenged challenge themselves in the, the sense that they decided to make this game a lot more ambitious with going for a more open world style game. They've changed a few things around here and there, but overall it just feels so lacking. I'm and not to sound harsh, but I just feel like this game looks like it could be on the GameCube. Like I, I'm not even playing when I say that it just feels like it's, it's stuck in the wrong era of gaming. I don't even know how else to describe it. So, um, you know, again, I know you were saying, what did I feel like going in? I just felt like it was going to be what I felt the last couple of Pokemon games were. And I think it's, it's been that, you know, it's a, a good, not great game that doesn't look or sound or feel great. <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of sold on the marketing a little bit, you know, like, of course I wasn't expecting like, you know, 60 frames per second, incredible graphics. But I was liking what I was seeing, especially when it comes to the Pokemon textures. I thought they looked great. You know, nothing quite on the level of Pokemon Snap, but of course this is a much more ambitious game than Pokemon Snap. So of course it's going to take a little bit of a performance hit with with all of the um, open world elements that they're bringing onto the table. What I didn't expect is that literally every inch of the experience would be dragged down by the performance. You know, I'm... I'm not like a big specs guy, you know, I'm, I, I mostly play on the Nintendo switch and though I have a PS five and a TV that can run it at the, you know, highest VRR rate or whatever, honest to God, I, I, I sometimes cannot tell the difference depending on the game that I'm playing. And, um, so I'm not a stickler for performance, but I guess what I've come to expect in games is something stable. And this game just, I don't know what it's aiming for. If it's aiming for, you know, 24 frames or, or 20, you know, we're, we're just not getting anything. Every time I touch the camera, every time I enter a battle, every time I do anything, there's some form of glitch or some form of lag that is impeding my experience. And it's not so much that um, the glitches are like funny or they're like debilitating. They're just boring they they're it just feels like i'm slogging through this game and <clears throat> it'll be marked as the the second pokemon game that i just can't stand to complete like i don't i, I i've i've gotten a few badges i've beaten a few of the titan pokemon i know the mechanics and like i just don't feel like wasting any more of my time on this game until they fix it um so yeah i i 
I was going in somewhat optimistic. I liked the thought of the multiplayer feature and it sort of works. You know, it's like you, you can sort of play multiplayer together. Like you're in the same instance and world. You can trade Pokemon a little faster. It's nothing revolutionary, but <clears throat> it is just gradually getting closer to the promise of like an MMORPG Pokemon game. And so, you know, I'll take it. Uh, as far as the performance stuff goes for me, um, it, yeah, it's, it's just like over that line where I just cannot stand to play this game. I've I've seen all the opinions going around on Twitter that this is the most broken Pokemon game, and it's like my favorite at the same time, and I I just can't get through it. You know, it's it's funny because growing up as as a big Red and Blue fan, um, newer Pokemon fans like have a have a chip on their shoulder with that game and they're always talking about how oh that game's so glitchy oh it doesn't even work look at the psychic types are too good and it's just kind of funny because i'd love to see the venn diagram of people who have made those comments about the first game and that they're playing this one now because i think pound for pound the first one kind of works better like you know there's a there's a lot of glitches in the first Pokemon game. Certain battle mechanics don't work, but like this game falls apart all the time. Not to mention people have found ways to replicate your legendary Pokemon 70 times over. This has gone all sorts of wacky. Um, and yeah, well, and, and I, I just, I just want to, I, I want to add to that too. You know, it, it's funny when people criticize red and blue for the same things we should be criticizing the newer games for, it's ironic because Red and Blue was made with probably a tiny fraction of the budget that the Pokemon company has to play with with these newer games and probably a tiny fraction of the size of of the team developing it. And so I just I just find it odd because the original Pokemon games that seem to they they stand up really well uh against the test of time and I think they were done with so little going into them, you know, as far as, again, the, the budget they had to work with in, uh, you know, the, the amount of developers they had, the experience level of the developers uh, who were creating these games. And, and I think this is the bigger issue I have with Pokemon is that it hasn't evolved, I, and no pun intended, because Pokemon's all about evolution, but it just seems to be stuck in the past. It's, it's so odd to me that I think the generations uh probably about four and five i would say like diamond and pearl black and white in a lot of ways i almost wish they would just stick to that style because it holds up better against x and y and sun and moon and and when you're trying to develop these games for the switch and they just look like they belong you know in in 2003 you know so it it, it and and i think that the main issue, there's a lot of reasons for this problem, right? But I think the biggest thing is that Pokemon fans just don't have any high standards for anything. They're going to buy the game regardless of if it looks like a walking turd, you know, it just, it, or a polished turd, I should say. <laughs> I'm thinking of the characters walking in the game, but 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 that's the thing is they, they don't care about any of that. They're always going to be loyal to the franchise and always going to want to blindly supported i think scarlet and violet is the the fastest selling one of all the pokemon games and so it's it's just you know i don't think this problem is ever is is headed to a solution anytime soon yeah it's definitely sad because you know anytime someone criticizes the game there's there's been a very justified backlash and chatter on places like twitter 
about how poorly this game runs, even though it was a fully priced $60 game from a renowned studio published by, you know, one of the gaming industry's best quality control um, houses in Nintendo. Like they, they typically do a great job making sure that their games function. And yeah, so we, we sit here at this place where, you know, if you criticize it, you're the bad guy, you know, for like wanting better for the franchise. And like, this is the first Pokemon game that I popped open with my kids. And it was, it was going to be my, my daughter's first experience playing a Pokemon game. She can finally read for the most part. And I'm just watching her play through this, like this slow as molasses experience where, um, you know, she got bored of it. And, and we're, we've moved on to other stuff like, like Kirby or Sonic Frontiers and all this stuff. And, you know, to be a, like, to think that there's it, Sonic Frontiers is getting way more heat for like the technical issues of that game when this game just gets a pass because it's, it's Pokemon. We don't, we don't expect anything from the, you know, highest grossing media IP ever in history. Um, so yeah, that, that's where we're coming from. I don't. I don't want to like tear down game freak or whoever's involved. Like, you know, I just want to talk about how we got here, uh, what the problem is and how I think we could fix it. But I also want to dispel a lot of the rumors that are going on. Um, and just a lot of the bullying that's going on by the, like the Pokemon tastemakers, the, the ones with the Pokemon YouTube channels. Like I get it guys, you've baked Pokemon into your personality and that's like your brand. And you can't like just switch to a Dragon Ball Z channel without losing a bunch of subscribers. But like understand where all of us are coming here, having spent our hard earned $60 in this, you know, about to dive into a crazy recession. Like, you know, understand that we might be a little upset that we paid top dollar for this game that, um, you know, Nintendo game free creatures, whatever combination of the three didn't feel like it was worth their time to make sure that it worked out of the door. Um, so let's jump in to some of the weird fan theories that I see spouted out all the time that bore me to tears the first one is game freak is a small team now approaching this logically one might ask why is game freak a small team is it because they're underfunded do they do they not make much money off of pokemon well we know that they own a big portion of the pokemon company so all that merchandising money from the plushies the trading card game the anime uh, a lot of which make more money than the video games, they're getting a big rip on without having to do much work at all, rather uh, other than like create the characters and probably consult on like proportions and how they should look as figurines and so on and so forth. Um, besides that, we know from Game Freak interviews that they like the small feel of their studio. Uh, the first Pokemon game was made by, I think like 20 different people. Uh, a bunch of them left halfway through the project because they couldn't afford to pay people. Um, which just gives you an idea of like the scale that we're dealing with now. We're like Pokemon red and blue, uh, was saved in the 11th hour by creatures Inc. That's why they got a cut of the Pokemon company. Um, but nowadays game freak has, you know, probably as much money as they need to work with, uh, within, within reason. Now I'm not saying that they need to create a Fortnite game, uh, or spend that type of money to create like Fortnite or call of duty, but like they, they have deep pockets. And while they are in fact, a small team, these games are not made by a small team. Sword and shield had close to a thousand employees working on it. This game had a team of over 500. The difference is, 
is that instead of hiring game freak employees that they can um, create a lasting relationship with mentor, have good relationships with and um, you know, get better over time as they get more familiar with the brand and, you know, offer them health insurance. They instead go through contracting houses and just work with a legion of contractors, which as you might imagine, when you are a contractor, you don't have as much access to the company that you're working with. And there's these bottlenecks of communication that could be fairly difficult. Not to mention a lot of you are going to work in a different location. So, Game Freak is small because they want to be, and they prefer not to have to like do all the HR work, spend all the money on healthcare and benefits and all that stuff. And, you know, fair enough, they're a business, they can do what they want. But it's just like, I, I, I'm tired of hearing Game Freak is small. It's, it's more like, I'm tired of it. I don't know, Matthew, what's your take on that? No, I mean, I agree. I mean, and, and this is what I'm saying, like, as far as the, the bigger issue here is, is I don't think, Game Freak looks at what's going on with their games and feels like they need to change course on anything. Because again, the, the, the games are selling despite all of their flaws, despite the fact that they look like they belong, uh, you know, again, a couple of console cycles ago, uh, the, despite the fact that the games hardly even work at this point. I mean, we're, it's almost like we're going backwards or we're trending backwards with each Pokemon game where it's like they they hold up even worse than the last one. But again, you they're breaking all these sales records every single time. So if, if you're a game freak, you look at it as, you know, we could hire more experienced people. We could bring people on permanently and full-time as opposed to bringing in contractors. But why in the world would you? You're making more and more money as you go by doing more or creating a more mediocre experience. You know, so again, like, I don't think they look at it as, as again, why would you need to do anything different if what you're doing seems to be it's almost as if the higher profit margin that they get from hiring contractors instead of employees might be the impetus for not growing the team i mean and 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 i don't even blame game freak from that point of view you know because if you're a business and and let's say you have a meeting with your shareholders you know from their perspective they're like hey keep doing what you're doing it's obviously working it's it's bringing in higher profit margins each each new uh, game that's developed so again why would you do anything different i mean for all they know shareholders or investors that they work with probably don't want them to do anything different because the minute they spend more money hiring a larger team to develop a a a better looking game. And then let's just say this is a, a Pokemon game that actually looks like it belongs in this console generation. It performs very well, but they spend triple the money on it than they did on the last couple of games. And then they sell around the same number of copies. Then at that point, you've lost money. And so, like I said, I, I think they probably look at this and say, hey, and until people stop buying these games, why would we do anything different? And I think that's where you and I come from a lot when it comes to this stuff, is for me, I have a hard time supporting it because you're, you're supporting mediocrity, excuse me, mediocrity at that point. And, and you're rewarding mediocrity because to me, like I want to spend my money on a product I feel like like had true passion behind it, that, that had hard work behind it. And at this point, you can tell that Game Freak is not putting 
the type of energy into this game that they probably put into a red and blue, for example, when they were a small team or a gold and silver, you know, because they know it's a well-oiled machine. It's going to make its, its hand over fist money regardless. So I just think until they see the sales charts affected, they're not going to worry about it. And, and, and I guarantee you to all the Pokemon fans listening who are probably upset at what we're saying right now, I guarantee you the minute a Pokemon game sells terribly, You'll, the next one you get will be twice as good looking. It'll run twice as well, and it'll be twice as fun. I guarantee it. Yeah, and you you mentioned like shareholder pressure there, which is a funny thing that gets thrown around a lot too. Game Freak is a private company, as well as Creatures Inc. So two thirds of the Pokemon company are private, and sure, there's some like tertiary pressure that comes in from Nintendo side of things because they are a publicly traded company, but like not much. You know, if you remember back during the Pokemon Go craze, Nintendo had to break the news to their investors that they didn't own Pokemon. <laughs> and so, like, like they're, they're not deeply involved <laughs> in the inner workings of Pokemon. Obviously, if they were, maybe Nintendo wouldn't have to clarify that they don't own the IP. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, like... And I get it, you know, I'm, I'm a filthy little capitalist too. I, I, I like money, you know, but you know, I, I draw my lines at like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, if I, if I were in their shoes, I would probably focus on more employees that I could give benefits to because, you know, I'm sitting on this just golden goose egg cash cow IP that I think all the extra effort that would go into these games with a larger team and a longer dev cycle would result in more m monies, more monies. Because, I mean, you can't form the A-B scenario here, but if this game was like everything that they hyped it up to be, it would probably have sold much better. Because while I'm a sucker and I bought it before I, I, I heard anything bad about it, there's plenty of other people who are going to stop and they're not going to buy it or they're going to return it. And um, that's going to eat into in, into their numbers. But, you know, it's like they don't care because they 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 wanted to make this this holiday um, this holiday rush, which brings us to our next point. Game Freak is forced to crunch. Crunch is a terrible thing that goes on in the gaming industry where. Uh, companies put unrealistic deadlines on teams to finish their their games and, um, you know, honestly exploit their workers in the process. It's a terrible thing. Game Freak, while I'm not sure um, how much crunch or lack thereof is going on in the company, uh, we I haven't heard stories of, of that happening. Uh, the, the, the narrative is that Game Freak is forced to release a new generation of Pokemon every three years. While that is how they have done it, I don't see where they are forced to do it that way or it couldn't change. Because when we when we ask this question of like, you know, who's forcing Game Freak, who's bullying Game Freak and making them make these games and take no delays and not grow their team? Is it Nintendo who's delayed many a game to make sure that they they work well? You know, they just they put a ton of delays on Zelda Breath of the Wild and it was worth every penny. Of course, they'd be open to doing that for one of their most important IP, one much more valuable than The Legend of Zelda. So was it Creatures? Creatures, <laughs> Creatures Inc., the, the merchandising guys? Were they forcing this to come out 
right when it did? Or was it like this whole merchandising machine where like, oh, well, Michael, the they have to release this Pokemon game at this specific time because they've got the anime and then they've got the trading cards and they got the toys, which would sound very smart. I mean, it's like you, you lay it out there and it's like, oh, wow, I see what you're talking about. The issue is none of these things are out yet. The anime has had some shorts that are teasing the Paldea region as they're wrapping up the Pokemon show. They're rebooting the anime, which I think is really cool, by the way. Um, and we've had shorts that are teasing the starter Pokemon that we've known about for, you know, I guess like a year and, and or so now. Because <clears throat> we've known about this game for, you know, I think since early, early this year. So they're the new season of the anime that's going to feature this location and all these characters isn't coming out until, until April, 2023. And so, yeah, what, what's the, what's and and like, they're going to make the games come out faster to, to support the anime, which doesn't make anywhere near the games, the merchandise. And so th then we walk to the other thing, the trading card game, where like, they're going to have Paldea Pokemon starting in, um, early Q1 of 2023, which, okay, that's, that's a bit of a tighter deadline, but they could have delayed the game a month, month and a half. I mean, you know, they, they could have delayed the game till January had a similar release slot to Pokemon legend Arceus. And then we have to ask the question, Matthew, why do the games need to come first? If the games have become much harder to produce than of course a plush toy or a, a picture on a piece of cardboard um, or even the anime, why do the games have to come first? And that's the thing we're like, you know, like, it's like, it's time to start thinking about this stuff. Cause when you were making DS games and Game Boy games and 3DS games, like you could make them, you know, you used to be able to make these games within a year and a half. And then it was three years and now it's more like five years, but they still cram it into three anyway. I don't even think it's that they feel like it It has to come first. I think they just look at it as that, you know, the anime can start at any point, but but when is a video game going to sell best? It's going to sell best in the holiday season. And so I think they just understand that. Ding, ding, ding. Drive the, the, yeah, I mean, that that's really all it is. It's just about like what what's going to give us the best chance of making the largest profit, which again, like you said, you know, we're, we're capitalists. Like we understand that, Hey, as a business, you want to make as much money as possible. But when that, you know, sacri or takes away from the quality of the game that you're producing, you know, it, it's just really hard to like, as a fan continue just to blindly support that, you know? And, and again, that's why just to reiterate, I just don't see I think that Pokemon company probably just looks at this and says, again, like we're, we're every generation, we're only getting better and we're not having to improve the experience whatsoever. So, you know, why, why, why do anything differently now? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And additionally, um, this is they they've they've taken the extra support from Nintendo. They they moved Game Freak into the Nintendo office building. They take all the extra resources that they have that they're working with. <clears throat> you're like, hmm, what do we do with this? Do we make our uh, every three year release Pokemon game better, or do we double down and make more Pokemon games and therefore more money? It's the second one. They were like, hey, 
Diamond and Pearl, these guys will buy anything. Just give it to the the guys who did Pokemon Home. They've never made a video game, uh-huh. sure, but like whatever. The it's Diamond and Pearl. Just whatever. Just just make it work like half well, you know, put a day one patch in there so any poor kid who doesn't have internet access or know how to patch his games before he plays them is just gonna get an awful experience. But who cares? They will buy it anyway. And then let's also try and cram Pokemon Legends Arceus into that same holiday window so that we can double up on our funds. Like, do, do did we really need two AAA Pokemon games within the same year? Like, like I mean, it, that's cool on paper. I, I love Pokemon games and would love to play more. But, you know, Pokemon Legends Arceus was like 75% complete. And this one's like 50 you know, in, in terms of like optimizing the the performance of the game, like <clears throat> they both struggle, but Arceus a lot a lot um, less so than than this one. And yeah, I just I don't buy this whole thing where like they 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 have to they have to crunch. Did they have to also make Pokemon Legends Arceus? Did they have to like spend all that all those resources and time doing that as well? Who forced them to do it? And so I I don't like this argument either. Um, I think it just, you know, the the point of all these things is to just deflect criticism and stop the argument before it starts. And, you know, not that I'm trying to, like, make an accusation that Game Freak is lazy because that's not true. Um, they just are poorly managing the resources uh, in terms of what they've got available to them. You know, they've got a war chest to work with, and instead of, like, investing in the type of team that would be required to make a game like this work, they want to hire contractors and, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's to save on benefits costs. Maybe it's because HR is annoying to deal with. Maybe they, they, they really do like the spirit of a small 200 person team. I don't really know what's the difference between 200 and 500, but like, you know, whatever do you guys. But, um, did you also have to like make another triple a game in the same time period that would split those resources further? It, like you, you just didn't need to. And, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It puts me, it puts me in a weird place because I, I do love this franchise. I want to see it continue to, to flourish, but also like, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the day, we are the problem because we bought this game. And I think that's, that's what they're banking on like more than anything is that they know that they have to reach a certain bar of quality in the mobile gaming field. They call this minimum viable product. It didn't matter that Pokemon go was horrendously buggy. It didn't matter that it only had the first 150 Pokemon. It didn't matter that it had all sorts of issues when it launched. It still made tons of money. And when they made that game and and they put all that effort into sun and moon, they probably realized something like, why are we going so hard? You know, why are we going so hard? Cut the, cut the roster in half. Go ahead. Do that. So we've sacrificed half of the roster to get good animations. All that animation budget went into the, um, the curry making camp stuff in, in sword and shield. So you didn't really even get to witness that in the, the battles, which is what you're in 80% of the time. <coughs> like, likewise, whatever animation work, <coughs> excuse me i'm choking here whatever animation work that they were putting into this one went into that pokemon scouting feature where you send your guy out and he just kind of does his own thing and uh we had to sacrifice a game like running well at all and it's like what are we gonna cut out next you know the pokemon 
<laughs> yeah, just cut out more Pokemon. Make it cut the roster down to 250. You, you know what? You know what? Honestly, Game Freak reminds me of. And here's a parallel that I feel like a lot of people will understand. If any, if anybody watching uh, is a sports fan at all, this is what some people don't like about professional sports. Now, I'm a person I prefer pro sports to to college sports. But but one of the main differences is that in pro sports, a lot of times when people play through their initial contract and they play really well and they sign a max deal, there's a lot of players, and I'm not saying most of them, but there's a, a good portion of players that once they get their payday, a lot of times all of a sudden they're they're not interested in playing when they're hurt or they're not 100% or, or giving it their, their all anymore or not putting themselves on the line like they might have when they were aiming for a big contract versus when they've got that guaranteed money. And, and, and I understand it's human nature to a certain extent. You know, when you, when you're paid a lot of money for something that hasn't even been done yet, like in game freaks case, when they've already got all this money they're sitting on, like, like where's the, the drive to make something great when you've already made enough money from this to where it's the, 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 most profitable media brands in the world. And, and, and that's the thing about a lot of these professional athletes, but that's the thing. A lot of these pro athletes, when that guaranteed contract starts coming up, what do you see a lot of them do? They start playing a lot harder. They start making more plays and, and putting a lot more effort towards their play to see if they can secure another guaranteed contract. And so that's the thing is it's just it, it it really reeks of that to me where Game Freak understands that we're going to make money with this regardless. Uh, wh- why would we do anything different? Like I know I've said I'm, I'm a, sound like a broken record at this point, um, but it's just one of those until it affects the sales of a game, they're not going to do anything different. The, the biggest issue I have with all of this, though, Michael, is that the fans defend that or, or, or the fans don't have an issue with that. And so when people do criticize it, they're the first ones defending Game Freak. And, and that's what I just don't understand is that as a fan of something, why do you not want it to be as good as it could possibly be? This doesn't come from a place of hate or 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 negativity. It comes from a place of wanting the best out of something that you care about. And, and Pokemon has gotten to the point where it's just, I'm sorry, but it just reeks of mediocrity. Like the games are fun enough, but aside from that, they're just really poorly designed and i can speak to this in so many other things i love you and i loved dragon ball and dragon ball z growing up how do we feel about dragon ball super dragon ball is the the most profitable anime there is and and you get dragon ball super and and it looks like people who have never done animation before are working on that show they had to go back and make edits to that show when they released it on dvd or re-release the episodes because it was so bad and and i, I just think when you like when you see that, it just—it's the same thing that Toei is dealing with. They understand that hey, everybody's going to watch this anyway, so why would we make it look good? And and that's just what's so heartbreaking about it. Is if you're a Dragon Ball fan, it's like man, Dragon Ball Z that came out in what 1991 looks better than this. Like it's crazy. But again, it's because they understand that they don't have to put that time, that effort, and most importantly, that money into making it better when they know by by spending less money on the product, they're only going to increase their profits. And, and so that, to me, is just the most disheartening part is that with that being said, the fans don't care. At the end of the day, they they just think that that people are trying to tear something down that they love and not understand that we only want what's best for it. 
Yeah, I think the and this is kind of the problem with like internet discourse. It's it's kind of foreign to me, but like people will identify as like, oh, I'm part of the Sonic community. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I like Sonic and my, my kids love Sonic too. It's like we, you know, I, I have fun with the games, but you know, it's not part of my personality or, you know, the, the deepest parts of my soul that like, I, I'm a Sonic guy, you know? And so when someone makes fun of a Sonic game, it's like, you know, I might disagree with them, but it doesn't like hurt me. And, and that's, that's sort of the, the place that I feel like a lot of people are coming from is like, Oh no, like, like I identify with this and you're, you're kind of like attacking me at the same time. And that's not really the case. You know, it's, it's just that like, you know, it, back in 1996, when we had the option to make battles either set or switch, and they took that out of this game that was made in the year of our Lord 2022, the one of the most basic features of the entire game, one of the only switches that we've ever had for making a Pokemon game even a teensy bit harder i just didn't have time for that sorry sorry like and and you're not allowed to complain about that because you know uh, this this poor little multi-billion dollar company Ooh, <laughs> it's like imagine <laughs> simping for amazon you know it's just like this is this is one of the the most like bloated and rich ip in the entire gaming industry any studio would kill to have a chance to make a Pokemon game because they know it's just free money. And we're over here just like, what are they, what were they supposed to do? They've only made, uh, you know, like $30 billion plus, you know, it's just a small thing. And, and yeah, just, it's, uh, it's unfortunate because what's happening in the Pokemon, um, space is exactly what's happened to Sonic. We're like, there is this, um, like every time there's there's a bad game, people try and like cover up the fact that it's bad and like buy it and you know promote it and all this stuff and uh, it just signals to to Sega it's like you know ah, we got we got an audience of little kids and and you know they're gonna buy it anyway they don't they don't even know what makes a good game or or make, what makes a bad game and you know as 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 someone who has kids I I hate that I. I hate that when I bought like a Paw Patrol video game for my kids, it is the most like bare bones, um, minimum viable product I've ever seen in my life because they think that my kids are stupid and I'm not going to care. And it's just, you know, it's unfair because like I grew up with incredible games like Donkey Kong Country, the original Pokemon and um, so on and so forth. And I feel like my kids deserve the same. Uh, and yeah, just it, it bums me out. Because, like, this is all avoidable. Nothing, you know, who's to say they can't, you know, take another year to polish this game or expand the team or have, like, instead of, like, a legion of contractors, get, like, a support studio to, like, really support their efforts. Um, you know, who's to say they can't have more than one studio making these games like Call of Duty does? Call of Duty has three different studios that all rotate who's going to publish the next call of duty game that's going to come every year you know like and not and <laughs> the funny thing with all this is that pokemon also gets to like double dip and triple dip on stuff that they've already made where you know how, like how many third versions have we got and second versions have we got where they're making another payday off of like you know the exact same game but like you know sandshrew's not in this one it's ekans instead or something like that you know it's it's just a, a little silly that we're 
you know, kind of defending, leave that multi-billion dollar corporation alone. It's my favorite meme. But, you know, it's funny. You you brought up Donkey Kong Country, and, you know, that's you and I's, like, favorite. Or I know for me, anyway, my, my favorite game franchise. But you know what I've realized over time as I've gotten older, what I truly appreciate about Donkey Kong Country is that every Donkey Kong game has always gone in with the idea that they wanted to do something groundbreaking, that they wanted to reinvent the game industry to a certain extent or or set a new standard and sometimes to its detriment because you, you know you have examples like the original donkey kong country where incredible we have never seen anything like this and then you have sort of the bad side of that where donkey kong 64 is probably the biggest game of its time but to its own detriment and I think that's what I've always truly appreciated about Donkey Kong as a franchise. When you look at Country Returns and then you're like, wow, this is one of the best 2D platformers I think I've ever played in my life. And then right after that, I get maybe the best 2D platformer I've ever played in my life in Tropical Freeze. And, and I just think I've always respected the fact that they are just out to make the best game possible Whereas I feel like Pokemon, and, and listen, Donkey Kong is one of Nintendo's most profitable franchises, but it still pales in comparison to Pokemon. And you just know that Pokemon has the time, the money, the resources to invest in something truly special, and they just choose not to. And listen, this, is a, this isn't just a Game Freak problem. This is becoming a, a, a video game industry problem. Heck, even with Nintendo itself, you know, people keep complaining with a lot of these Nintendo games. Why are they not, why are they re-releasing games that aren't finished? Like Mario Golf, like uh, the Mario Strikers game, the the both of these games being on the Switch. Like, why are they releasing characters to us later? Why are they adding more courses to Mario Kart and, and ripping courses, half of them, from the, the, the iPhone and Android App Store game? You know, like... But, but that's because they understand there's more money to be made that way. They understand that we don't have to finish the game. That it, 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 if, if anything, if we don't finish the game, we can sell the rest of it to you later. Or this gives you a reason, it, because a lot of times Nintendo is, is releasing this downloadable content free. But what people don't see by doing that does is that if you haven't bought the game already, like Mario Strikers with you and I, for example, they just added Diddy Kong not that long ago. You and I being huge Donkey Kong Country fans, we're like, my gosh, we might actually buy that game now because now Diddy Kong's in it. It's just a way to re-advertise the game if you don't already have it. And so this is, this is an industry-wide problem. I just think Pokemon's been doing it longer than anybody. They just understand, hey, if we've got something, it's selling... You know, again, why take that extra money and invest in creating a better product when we could just take that extra money and have it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just it's a funny thing, man. And, and uh, yeah, you're you're right about the the Nintendo games. Like, you know, although like the least you could say about Mario Tennis and Strikers and yada yada is that, like at least it runs. You know. At least that the game works for what part they they give you up front, but they sure do finish it on the back end, and then you know serve it up like oh my gosh look at all this support for the game wow, don't you want to keep your Nintendo <laughs> online membership, and uh, for all the people who haven't bought the game yeah it's just it's an extra commercial it's another another chance to market it get some extra impressions for the game, and and so it's like a win win for them, and uh, yeah I mean Pokemon. The, the crazy, the craziest thing that I saw someone tweet was the, um, 
the Cerebi guy, he 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 tweeted like, if Nintendo slash Game Freak fixed this, it's not because we complained. It's because they wanted to make it better. And I was just like, do you even feel like they have a an ethical responsibility to fix the broken product that they sold to everybody? Is that is that the level of of simp that we're at at this point where they're like, you don't even have to fix the game. You, you don't even have to fix it. Just like, you know, it is my privilege to give you my $60 to support your multi, multi-billion dollar empire. You know, we're 10% to a trillion, guys. Woo! It's imagine like, if imagine if Microsoft, when the Xbox 360 came out with the red ring of death and how they installed lights and all of the Xboxes to let you know when you had the problem and then fixed all of the Xboxes for free. Imagine if somebody then came out and said, if Microsoft, if Microsoft fixes this problem, it's because they want to. It's not because they felt any sort of obligation to or because people complained about it. It's like, give me a break. That's the only reason they they fix it. They, they have to feel some sort of obligation because that's bad business. If you release a product that is unfinished and doesn't work, guess what? People are are likely to not return next time. And and for all the Pokemon people out there, there's probably a decent amount of people who bought this game and saw that it didn't work and and are of the mindset that I'm never buying one of these again. You have to think about all the casual video game buyers that are out there that that haven't been invested in the series up to this point and how many parents probably bought this game for their kid and then the kid's like hey the game's not working and then they're like well what is this they just paid 60 dollars for something that doesn't even work so of like give me a break i mean that's that's yeah. just nonsense yeah i mean to, to look at the other games that like work well like um like super smash brothers and like yeah every game has glitches in it you know, like some games have performance issues. Breath of the Wild has some some performance issues that are annoying, but like generally speaking, the game's working pretty well. Like this game is chugging all the time. You people in the comments there, I've never noticed a problem. Like I'm I'm sorry, maybe my switch is cursed. Maybe maybe I like I've I've played both the games. I've tried to move the game data to the to the switch instead of the SD card. I've tried all the little tricks and still chugging it's just a noticeable lag every time i turn the camera every time i get into a battle every time i go out of a battle every time i climb a ladder and um yeah i mean i guess like this brings me to my conclusion well let me say this too the the funniest part about all of this is that i guarantee you all the people defending the glitches in these pokemon games are the same ones that are laughing at the youtube videos that are compilations of all the game-breaking glitches that Sonic games have. And listen, I'm not even a big Sonic game fan, but it's just hilarious to me that whenever there's anything in a Sonic game that doesn't work perfectly, the internet is just cracking up. Whereas on the flip side, when something in a Pokemon game doesn't work, it's just, what what do you expect? They're a small team. Like, a small billion dollar... It's like that Donald Trump quote. It's like he's given a small loan of a million dollars. It's just, just a small budget of a, just a small little indie company with multi billion dollar IP. It's just like they could stop making the games entirely and still make a ton of money off of Pokemon. Like at this point, the, the merchandise sales alone just just make the game sales look like a cute side project, and um, not not to mention that you know the merchandise that that like quote-unquote depends on this game like i mean they're selling plushies of the starters but like not much else is like reach store shelves because there's a complex process to to get it onto store shelves and so like yeah you could have totally delayed this game you didn't because you knew people would buy it 
You knew you'd make a, a, a more money. And um, to uh, to Sarah B. Guy's point that they're only going to patch it if they want to because they're good and gracious and they love us. No, you're wrong. Nintendo apologized for the poor performance of the game and, and promised to try and address it. So far, it's been patched once. The patch doesn't do much of anything. Like, you know, it, it fixed... <laughs> They launched this game, Matthew, with, if you went into an online battle, sheer cold would hit 100% of the time as a one-hit one KO move. They forgot to, to to fix this tiny little issue that causes that. And, <clears throat> like, it's just sloppy. It's just sloppy. And I I have endless sympathy for the people who worked on this who were probably overworked probably you know crunching to no end um the the contractors who are working this hard for a project that they're not even going to get like any bonuses on any royalties any benefits from working like you know i have endless sympathy for the developers but for the executives no i have i have zero sympathy and i i hope that I hope that this is um, something that you guys choose to rectify in the future. But like we are, we are so down the line of being little pokey pay pigs that like, we have to wonder, are they going to fix the game? Are, are they going to have mercy on us and fix the game that already sold 10 million copies? You know, it's, and it's like, yeah, after this, I'm going to, I'm going to be cross-referencing all these people who make fun of No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk and Sonic 06. Ah, ah, ah. You know, we, we gave that up. We can no longer criticize games for, you know, over-promising in their marketing material and, you know, kind of lying to people that the game's going to work. You remember when, when, when it said footage not final when the frame rate was, was dogging in the trailers like a year ago and we got the game and it's like the same frame rate? <laughs> Turns out the footage was pretty final, guys. Yeah, it, it it honestly reminds me of when uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, I I can't remember if it, it the game was already released. Uh, I, it had to, or it had to have been before it was released. But they had that tournament going on that was online, and then they went away from the game footage because it was lagging and said, it's okay, folks. The players aren't actually experiencing the latency that was on the screen, and and just blatantly lied to people. You know, it it, it really reminds me of that. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, the conclusion to my point is, uh, all this discussion is that the criticism is worth it. Complaining is sometimes merited and good, and it will result in better games of the future. When, uh, everybody was making fun of that, that like spinning dog animation from Pokemon shield, you know, one of the biggest moments of the game where the dog's like walking in place while slowly rotating, what do you know? In the next game, they had actual cutscenes for the legendary. Interesting. I wonder if, you know, someone saw that or they took that criticism to heart. But there's still so many things in this game that, that feel like they, they literally haven't changed since, like, the early 90s. And we're having features cut out from that point. Like, there's no reason why set battling shouldn't be an option. It's been in the game since 1996. It's just an, it's, it's one box that you just tick to make the game a little harder to make the game a little harder but no and it's like yeah i know i can i can mash b or whatever and that will like get me through the thing but the issue with that is that that's subjecting me to how many text prompts through the the course of this game i just have to mash the b button in you know 
like 25 hours of video game that I never had to before because I, I can't just pick a simple option. We're still, we are still in the point where if you hit a cloth and his anger shell or whatever activates, we have to watch every stat drop and every stat increase and just <clears throat> wait for like half a minute for the game to describe what's happening instead of like a simple two second animation that shows like speed, attack, special attack, up, defense is down. Or, you know, it's like there's so many other ways to express that, to communicate that, to make it clear to whoever's playing the game. And it's just not worth the time because, like, you know, we'll buy it anyway. If if someone, God forbid, someone uses Sandstorm in a double battle, he took some damage. He took some damage. He took some damage. It took some damage. It's like how much, how many hours of our life have just been, you know, we're trapped and we just had to watch the game play itself because they haven't updated the battle system, the inner workings of it since like gold and silver. And then the new features that we do have, we don't even know if they're going to come back for the next game. Pokemon Legends Arceus had, you know, no doubt the most fun Pokemon catching experience. And so they get to take it out of the next game. And here's here's the real the real hook and stinker that I feel like Pokemon does. <clears throat> because Pokemon is focusing on like doubling down and, and we can buy any game from the past through the eShop, there's this concentration now to make every region feel different. I remember them covering this when they were asked why hidden bases only existed in the third generation. And it's because they want to have a few features in every Pokemon game that's different enough from the other ones so that you want to buy both. And it's like, that's clever, but, you know, it's not an artistic choice. It's just like a choice that, like, they don't want this game to be so good that it cannibalizes the sales of Pokemon Legends Arceus. And it's, it's, it's just kind of lame. It's kind of lame because, like, we should have the better catching experience. I've given up on completing the Pokedex because it's just annoying. And I don't know if the catch rates are like lower in this game, but it just seems like it takes so long now after I've played that game. We can't have the better animations of Pokemon Arceus because, oh, this is special to that game. You know, we can't use the Pokeball Plus. You remember that $50 accessory that we bought for Let's Go? You haven't been able to use it in any other Pokemon game. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Can I not? Like, it, it has all the buttons that I need. No, no. Because then you won't buy as much. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, I, I, I don't know. I, it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart at the end of the day. And, and again, I don't even blame Game Freak as much as I do the blind, loyal fans that, that just defend this. That's who I have a problem more than anyone with. Because, again, at, at, from Game Freak's perspective and Nintendo's perspective these games are just continuing to make more money than ever. So why would they do anything different? But I just don't understand the fans that, that just, if anything, it almost makes them want to buy these games even more. And I just don't understand that. You know, one thing I'll, I'll say, you know, just speaking on Sonic again, is at least people who like Sonic are willing to point these flaws out. And, and I think it, it, it sometimes makes a difference. I mean, even for the issues that Sonic Frontiers has, it seems to perform a lot better and be extremely ambitious compared to any Sonic game before it. So it, it seems to work to some degree. Whereas with Pokemon, I mean, like, it, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I, I just think 
it's funny because I think all these fans know at heart that th- this stuff is is ridiculous. But again, they they don't care, and because they don't care, and because they continue to, uh, you know, throw money at this franchise whenever a new game comes out, that's why they'll never see anything better. And that's why I think whenever people have these cool ideas of, imagine if the Pokemon looked like this, imagine if the game was open world and had real-time interactions and blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's why you're never going to get it, though. That That's exactly why you're always going to get the type of product that you're getting now. And so, you know, hey, if you're cool with that, then cool, but it is what it is. Yeah, uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, doesn't your heart sink a little bit when you like realize that what you bought isn't quite what they advertised? <sighs> yeah, it's in you know, like I played Sonic 06 when I was young, and I still find value in it, and that's totally fine. There are parts of that game that are pretty rad. At the same time, I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that it, the criticism's been overblown or it's not that glitchier. I didn't run into Sonic falling through the ground in my playthrough. Like, no, that that would be very clownish behavior of me because that game was tortured. That game was so bug ridden. Like, you know, it's it's so bad. Like, Sonic Team does not like they don't talk about it. They've never re released it. And it's just like, that's where we're at with Pokemon. This is this is the Sonic 06 of Pokemon games. And instead of getting like <clears throat> all the criticism it deserves that the studio can take to heart and really put some spit shine onto the next game, it's just, you know, this is just normal now. We, we, this is what we got to be okay with. Well, it's funny that, that Sega won't talk about it, uh, or acknowledge Sonic 06 or re-release it. Pokemon Company will make it look worse and sell it to you for more money than the original was, like they did with uh, Shining Pearl and whatever, Brilliant Diamond, whatever it was. <laughs> it's just, just, it's just yeah. ironic, man. Yeah, that that uh, I will never get over. That's the first Pokemon game I just straight up didn't buy. I thought it looked like a really misfit art style at first. Um, and this is this is that they were like, you know, they just twist something that they know is bad into something that sounds good. It's just like it's more faithful to the original. That's why we cut out all <laughs> the platinum content that we could have put in. <laughs> it's- it's also a lot less work and probably cost us a lot less money. Yeah, it's it's like somehow they managed to make a game 15 years or so later that looks worse than the original. Fantastic, guys. We did a great job. I honestly forgot that game existed until we started talking uh, about it. I frequently it on the forget podcast. it. Just, and, and man, that game ended up in the bargain bin. I remember seeing it for $30. And I'm like, at $30, it's tempting. Because I know at some point I'm going to make a video about this. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's just, and, and they, they released it with this day one patch, this chonker of a patch and the game just barely works without a, without it. And even, even after the patch, there's plenty of like wacky glitches that people have found and, you know, just places where you can get soft locked into the game because your Pokemon, uh, that's following you blocks your path and you get stuck and it's just like, man, <laughs> they like Pokemon fans will just buy anything at this point. And and it's just like you know for the next one fool me, fool me six times and and, and I'm out you know I'm out <laughs> like I can't do this anymore I can't do this anymore so in I 
I sincerely hope you do enjoy Scarlet and Violet, um, whichever way. At, at at some point, you know, I've I've kind of put it on the shelf to collect dust, and and uh, you know, I I do my five prayers to Game Freak every day to see to see if they they'll feel like patching it. You know, like I've already given them the money. It's kind of like Kickstarter, you know. They, they give us an idea and we give them the money and then maybe they'll make it. <laughs> it's like, maybe they'll patch the game that I already bought and make it work well. Maybe they'll just move on to making, uh, you know, three more games because they could just keep pumping them out and another 10 million, another 10 million copies sold. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like, there's some obvious solutions that, that we could we can take. We can take longer development cycle, bigger team, multiple teams that... All, that trade responsibility of making the Pokemon games. Um, you know, one of those things, or the game doesn't have to come out first. Would it really be that weird if like we saw some of the Paldea Pokemon in the anime before the games? No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Not at all. Would it really be that weird if like the trading card game was the well, first hit stores? Not really. You know what's funny? You know what's funny about you saying that is that we saw Ho in the anime before Gold and Silver came out. <laughs> yeah, not not to mention Togepi as well. And uh, you know, like Munchlax was in Pokemon Coliseum before Diamond and Pearl came out. Like, you know, they always tease a few Pokemon with that. And so maybe they do a limited release of the of the trading card game. Maybe we get merchandise of the like five Pokemon we know about. We get the starters and cloth and you know whatever little cute guy they're they're marketing. There's so many ways out of this other than I don't know, just buy it anyway. <laughs> you know, but but I guess keep doing you Pokemon fans. I, I guess like I don't know. It's <laughs> I, I wonder if it's like completely sincere because these are people who have businesses that revolve around Pokemon being popular. So it's like, almost like you gotta, you gotta believe <laughs> you gotta believe. Um, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I hope for, for better games. Cause I wasn't particularly impressed with this one or Arceus. If you would have taken all the features of Arceus in like how exploratory it is, how the Pokemon actually feel threatening, how, um, you know, the battles feel a little more fluid in their animation. If you took all that and then you put it into Scarlet and Violet and we've got like a stable frame rate, that would be, that would be the Pokemon game of legends. And it's almost like if they didn't split them into two games, they could have done that. But you know, what do I know? <laughs> what, what do I know? I'll, I'll keep watching my sandstorm uh, slowly hit all four Pokemon and, you know, every little stat boost need to have its own separate animation. One of the funniest things is if you use any multi-hit move, your Pokemon will do the multi-hit animation. The Pokemon will get hit and then it will need to turn back to get hit again. It is just some of the most sloppy and copy-pasted sort of work that I have ever seen. And, you know, people call Assassin's Creed games lazy. Well, like I said, they're all the people laughing at the, the game-breaking glitches in Sonic games while they're, you know, game their their games pale in comparison to some of those Sonic games. I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's just incredibly ironic. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, that's, uh, that's our very long take on the problem with Pokemon. <laughs> uh, feel free to yell at us in the comments and uh, repackage those <laughs> three arguments that people have. Uh, remember, guys, Game Freak is small. Uh, they're being forced to crunch by, you know, someone 
<laughs> Someone. And, and on top of that, what are they supposed to do? <laughs> can't do anything. They can't do anything. Put Garchomp in again. <laughs> that's, that's all they could do. Cut 400 Pokemon out and put all the same Pokemon in every game. Lucario and Garchomp and Gardevoir and Tyranitar. I just want to, like, I don't know. Maybe I'll make a comment on the video or put it in the comments, but all the things they could do. They could delay the games and, and have a, a longer development cycle. They could spend more money on the development of the games. They could hire more people and create a larger team. They could, you know, X, Y, and Z. I just, I just want to like put all these solutions out there because I promise you there's a solution for every apparent problem that Pokemon fans seem to think there is that is just unsolvable. Something that most 99% of Triple other AAA games don't seem to deal with, but that you know, problems that are exclusive to Pokemon apparently. But you know, hey. yeah, Call of Duty somehow manages to make an entirely new game that's AAA and manage the Warzone thing every single year. Although they're they're starting, you know what they're doing? They're they've noticed that that's becoming a little unsustainable, and so they're talking about maybe we don't need a Call of Duty every year. Maybe we don't need an Assassin's Creed every single year. Wow, what a concept! What a concept! But you know, guys. That would be less money for Pokemon. <laughs> they're uh-huh. they're struggling. And it's, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, there's plenty of ways to expand on it and make it different. But like, but yeah, I mean, it, it may perhaps this is the straw that's going to break the camel's back because Sword and Shield. You know, let's be honest. That that was that scope of a game. You take the wild area out of that game, and it could fit on the 3ds. You know, like the characters' proportions and all that stuff are like Sword and Shield, or not Sword and Shield, Sun and Moon. All the routes are very similar to Sun and Moon. Like that game, like, you know, you you take the graphics down a notch, you take out the wild area. That's a 3DS game. This was their first, like, true, like, ambitious game, and it just fell flat on his face. And here we are sitting um, a month later with no significant patches or, or rework to it, and, um, you know... All the guys at the Pokemon company are just like, just counting their money, counting their fat stacks. So, I mean, more power to you guys. More power to you guys. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's about all we got. But, yeah, feel free to call us whatever you want to call us or insult us in the comments. And uh, we'll read those. And, um, you know, if you make us cry, we'll shout you out in the next episode of We the People. <laughs> Do your worst. (laughs) All right. See you guys next time.